for the May Institute. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. <laughs> but I'm currently a graduate student for, um, for Behavior Analysis at Simmons College, and I work with children with autism and do behavioral therapy with them, and the ages that I work with are about two years old to ten. Okay, so let's just, I guess, cover a few topics that we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess the, the like, I want to know what exactly the behavior analysis is first. That's kind of... So behavior analysis is kind of basically a broad term, but it's basically using behavior principle. I don't know if you ever took psychology in college. Yeah, just one class. It wasn't... It wasn't huh? Yeah, just one class, never... Never, never. You must not have been paying attention. I probably wasn't, but you know how that is. It's especially, you know how it is when you're not interested in a subject. It just, it just kind of, oh, I'm interested in now because it's, it's like, you know, I can kind of, you know. Like you see a different point of view and, you know, more things out there. But basically using behavior principles to like, to change somebody's behavior and stuff like that so that's what we do in behavioral therapy so we use a lot of the principles so like positive reinforcement negative reinforcement extinction doing all those things and work with them like at least for our population with autism but behavior analysis you can basically do it on anybody on anything so it even applies to like um animal training like at the zoo Mm -hmm. or like at the aquarium you know like how they train them that's behavior analysis behavior analysis can be anything from parent training to like teaching your kids how to like brush their teeth it can be basically anything but just using like behavior principles that's probably not clear huh <laughs> no, no you kind of put it together well i i just think like it's like what are you talking about you know when some you're not an expert at a certain subject you just don't understand it sounds kind of like gibberish but it's not gibberish you kind of piece together the right, puzzle yeah. I, get, I get what you're trying to say but um i mean i'm not an expert or anything like i told you i'm still in school for it but um what do you call that um it, it's basically a broad term if you see any type of behavior if you can manipulate it that's behavior analysis okay so you're trying to manipulate behavior is that <laughs> like are you trying to figure out like i don't understand like when i hear analysis you know it's like okay, I Okay, 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 okay. It's like trying to talk about food, but there's so many types of people. But I love food. I love all types of exactly. food. That's the problem. Okay. But the problem is we gotta be more specific. Okay, okay. All right, all right. Tell me what type of food are we talking about here, all right? Absolutely. American, Mexican, or Italian food? Like, what are we talking about? Um, Okay, okay. I'll, uh, let's, let's go with that then. Okay, let's do kids. Okay. And then maybe we can relate it to like our own everyday lives. Alright. Okay. So let's get the, uh, I guess, well, I guess it's the autism thing. Like, how does that work? Because you work with kids, right? Right. And um, so, actually right now, um, if uh, a child is diagnosed with autism, they are, depends actually also from state. 
but they can get um, insurance and get behavioral therapy. And but it really depends from state to state. When I used to live in Texas, it was harder to get like services for behavioral therapy for autism over there, just because like especially if you were in the small town, like some kids who probably need 40 hours of behavioral therapy are only getting one hour or two hours per week. Whereas like here in Boston, it's a lot more prominent and there's like a lot more services and like insurance is a lot better. Um, We're able to serve them a lot better here. And um, so usually um, once a kid over here in Boston gets diagnosed with autism, like at the age of two, they get to an early intervention and we start working with them from from like the simplest things, like just communication and speech. Um, I don't know how much you know about autism. I don't know the you know too much about it either. Like all I know is I interact with them every day, and I know I guess here and there and stuff. But like in terms of like scientific, I don't know much. Um, but so they receive usually if they're younger, they'll receive up to like thirty hours of. Um, Okay. So it's very intensive. Is it so when you have to, I guess when you diagnose them, you is that well, do you do that? You don't do that, right? So yeah, no, 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 okay, okay. I was like, that's if so, you get like a, I guess someone may probably some type of doctor that tells you that he has autism, and then you do the speech or not speech therapy, the behavioral therapy for them, right? Right. Yeah. And what does that consist of? Do you like? You know, I always like think like you. Do you just talk to them, or do you like play games? With um, we do. It's very individualistic. So we do an assessment and see what skills that they actually have and what skills they don't. And different assessments kind of target different age groups. So um, so it can be anything. So some of the things are could be like gross motor imitation. How much skills of like gross motor skills do they have? Can they clap their hands? Can they raise their hand? Because, like, you need those, like, basic essential skills to be able to do things later in life, you know, like brush your teeth mm-hmm. and, like, um, put on socks. Because those are everyday, like, struggles for people with autism, especially if they're low-functioning. Um, so, you, at younger age, you want to make sure that they have those basic skills. So, like, even from, like, we do some part speech, too, like, making sure that they can at least imitate sounds even though we're not really teaching them like how to maybe say a full-on sentence but at least getting those basic skills to like say ah and um and usually children with autism it's harder for them to there's kind of like they don't have that social reinforcement that people usually have um so like you know a lot of kids they get reinforced so reinforced means like you know they're their behavior is, like, more likely to happen again in the future. So, like, reinforcement such as social, like, you know, like, hey, good job, Brandon, like, that was the right word. Like, you know, for you, it's like, oh, yeah, I feel good. Like, you know, Uh you told me that I said the right word. But, like, to kids with autism, if, like, somebody's saying, oh, good job, Brandon, and, like, to them it doesn't really matter, like, it really. So we have to use, like, behavior analysis to start pairing those reinforce like social reinforcements with something that they actually really do like whether it's like first start out with like a toy that they like um or something do you you ever run into high functioning autism like where they're really they're not you can't really tell right like 
I've I've had I have had a couple of friends that I didn't know I didn't know he was autistic till he told me. Right. And then uh, I learned that I, later. Yeah, actually I have a few of my kids right now and um it's very, very high functioning. Actually like the things that we do for his session are more of like social skills. Because he already has like a lot of the basics, you know, like gross motor and like speech. He's five now, but like we do a lot of like social skills with him. So like a lot of like conversational programs like having to talk back and forth about like hey I asked you something you answered but ask me something now because usually a lot of people like with autism they get really fixated on one topic and like maybe they'll just keep on talking about it talking about it I love that though I think that's a great thing I don't know why yeah it really is and like you were talking about earlier about that um that evolution thing and I think I actually have read somewhere of an article of the same thing that you're talking about how it's like it's more of a male mm-hmm. yeah something like that evolutionary thing yeah we're right? okay from what i read and what i understood is that once once you get fixated on something and you become very uh i guess like very good at it that is what eventually most of us are going to do because you know everyone has like a specific thing they really know and right I guess this this author was or whoever this was was just trying to portray that this is a type of evolution that you know these these are uh, variables that are happening where they're evolving and learning 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 things faster especially when they're fixated and that over time they'll they'll get so good at some particular topic that it will it will seem that they're uh, like what they'll be one of the best or the best experts or whatever and that's what he was trying to say that that's that's eventually what's going to happen of course there was no studies no there's no other stuff it was just kind of a like an op-ed piece like you know an opinion piece but i thought it was it it was very compelling to me And you're right, that builds the skill. And um, and um, I was going to say, like, I had a kid who can, like, he was, like, three or four. He was so into dinosaurs, he can, like, name every single dinosaur that he sees. Where I'm like, like, the only thing I know is a T-Rex. T-Rex, know? yes. <laughs> and then, so, what what, yeah. what else have you seen? Have you seen them, like, I, you also said video games, but, like, anything else interesting like do all of them have it or is it just some that have that fixation i think in a way all of them do um it just kind of depends where they get that fixation on um so one of a lot of the things about autism is they have a lot of they seek like automatic sensory type of things Mm -hmm. whether they like to be spun around so many times or like um so literally they seek all these like sensory like the feeling of it so they'll just keep spinning and spinning and spinning and spinning literally for like a long long time and will not get dizzy and and i would call that a fixation on that you know like like there is some type of like kind of like a a thing that they they want to do constantly so but i think it just kind of shows in different shapes and forms because honestly autism even though it is a diagnosis it's a spectrum so you'll see all types of different kids of people 
like just like you said, like no, you didn't even know that one kid had autism. But it's because like it's such a big spectrum. You'll see all types of people. Like you can't just like group them into one. It's, that's very so like all of them when you when you have to talk to them how do you like talk to them like is it like hello how are you and like how does that conversation go because i always find myself you know saying hi you know and then they talk just about this one thing and then i'm like i have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> and then i'm like okay i'm just just nodding you know listening and paying attention So how do you get the look? Cause I I had a friend with autism. He was, he didn't speak ever. I've never heard him speak once. Actually, I heard him speak once, but he would he wouldn't say anything. Like I would see him the whole day. This was in middle school. I remember was this. In middle school? Yes, he he would he would not speak at all. For, it was I think I, every day I was with him for a whole year in like all of his classes. So how do you get someone like that to talk to you? I don't know if it's just they don't want to talk to you. Or it's like physically a thing where they did, but he did speak to me once. He did not. No, he did. It was one time. Oh. I don't know if that's like a thing that you know that a lot of autistic kids have, where they just decide not to speak. It really does. See, I, that's what I always have a problem with because I'm like, can I relate this specific thing or whatever right. to what I'm ex or what I experienced or something like that? It's just me trying to understand the whole process of how do you actually figure that. I know it's individual case by case basis, but uh, I really want to know, understand because I've been reading a lot. Like I was just reading and reading and reading. I guess spent like three hours on youtube watching wow, videos job, and then i'm like oh i need someone who knows what they're talking about or kind of knows or at least is in I school mean, i'm probably the wrong person because i don't know too much about autism autism you know mm -hmm. but, well it just goes in that rabbit hole and then that rabbit hole just leads to something else and then 
eventually I'll get out of it and then but I just you know I think it's so fascinating I think more people should be interested to this yeah no definitely and and the thing is is like I think the only thing that I can reiterate about autism is just like there's no one case that's really the same Mm -hmm. you know it's like it's almost just like talking about like people in general oh do people do this it's like it really depends from person to person like you have to kind of like how much skill level they have in terms of like what do they actually know are they nonverbal, verbal are they higher functioning lower functioning you know like it's like they're all very different which is a diagnosis that is the same yes oh. so so you have you how many kids do you do you see like how long do you see them is that like a like you give them an hour hmm? And is it is that like do you feel that that's enough time to get them to where they I guess I don't know I want I don't want to say need to be but you know right um it, it depends <laughs> it depends um, I know okay but can you give me like a general kind of thing like do you need all those all these kids that you see do you do you see the progress or or yeah um especially if they're younger mm-hmm. you definitely do um and i think that's the thing that i ended up why i really love my job a lot is just because there was so much you see so much progress with the kids that it becomes really reinforcing for you and like every time you see that change or that progress you just get really happy and you really feel like you're making a difference and um yeah, you, you really do. And one of the happiest moments I had working actually was I had a three-year-old child. Um, actually, he was about to turn four, and he was nonverbal, did not speak, did not do anything, like no no sounds. And then I was just getting to know him because I was his first therapist that he was going to see, and I was just like building rapport, so just playing with him just to make sure that he starts seeing me as somebody that he likes and not like wanting to avoid. And... Um, our second session, he was so in love with this like marble tower because like it spins and then it's going fast and like he's so excited and like every single time I'll prompt him to say mm, 
copying my, my finger, like, but he's not making any noise, but I'm still reinforcing that, so, like, I'll still, if he tries to tap his, his mouth on his finger, I'll still put the marble down, so it'll, like, spin, and then next thing I know, Brandon, he says, mmm, and, like, that was, like, the what? Is it, it's, it's better to do it when they're young, right? Rather than old? There's so much diversity down here. It's that's true. Yeah, most Filipinos are probably in California or Hawaii anyway. Mm. Yeah. So what? How is that teaching? Like, or no? Another question that I had. uh, What are like the misconceptions that most people have, like about 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 children with autism? Because I do you think there's a lot of stuff out there that you know is not is said but isn't true or like half true I think I think it has to do with what people typically think of autism is like you know um, when people think of autism they usually think of somebody who's very low functioning nonverbal mm-hmm. and will just keep doing the same movements like rocking their body you know all the time and I think that's what I was trying to reiterate it's just like there's more than one type of people like you know with autism it's not just like that and I think that's the like most misconception is so like once they start thinking oh somebody has autism oh it must be they're incapable you know but it's, it's really not true because there's a lot of other types of people on the spectrum who can you know do a lot more so but yeah that's probably what I would think and in terms of like children with like or 
there's something of putting bleach in like the drink. What? Really? Yeah, I mean, it's just. Well, okay. Yeah, I feel like people have, like, that misconception between treatment and curing something. Exactly. Because everyone, yeah. you know, I want the cure to this, I want the cure to that. And, you know, there there isn't an actual cure. You know, there's treatment and how to make that treatment right. more, you know, better to keep you more functioning or, or whatever, to improve whatever, to have, uh, I don't know, less autistic, but be higher functioning. Yeah, and really that's what we're trying to do. It's not that we're trying to lessen, like, symptoms of autism. It's just, like, we want them to have better quality of life. Mm. So, you know, one day if their, like, their parents somehow, like, left them, like, you know, in the house by themselves, that they'll be able to, like, answer the phone or if they get lost somewhere. Because a lot of kids actually really, you know, their parents probably have to do something, but they can't always attend to the kid when they're out. If they get lost, like hopefully one day that they can say to a stranger what their name is, what their parents' names are, and what their phone number is, and like it could be just as simple as that. Yeah. Well, it was nice chatting with you because you know, <laughs> we, we kind of had like uh, forty-five minutes of yeah. what's going on, but you know, I would actually like yeah. to have you on again just to get like a fuller conversation, but yeah, you know. I know. Yeah, 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 because, you know, uh, I, I sh I, you know, sometimes I forget that, you know, I just, yeah, like, I don't know, I like improvising and, not improvising, right. but, like, having no, just... Me feel pretty comfortable, and hopefully yeah. I give enough answers, even though a lot of them were. Okay. Depends. <laughs> well, thank, thank you for coming on. It was really interesting talking to you. Uh, hopefully yeah. we can do this again sometime. I don't know when our schedules will, will align. <laughs> But we'll, we'll have to find something soon or sometime Definitely. in the future. All right. Well, everyone, thank you for listening. Uh, we'll, she'll be back sometime soon. I don't know. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Brandon. All right. Bye.